Welcome to 027 in the 802, the podcast from the Stowe Free Library in Vermont. I'm Lauren, the Technical Services Librarian. And I'm Nancy, the Youth Librarian. We are recording this sixth episode on July 10th, 2021. Today we're talking about librarianship in the talkies. So, talking about all different types of representation that we see of librarians and libraries in movies. There is a really good list on the website Letterboxd, which Letterboxd is basically like a social media platform uh, devoted to movies, logging movies, making lists. There's a really good list called Movie Librarians, Notable Librarians, and Libraries in Film. There are over 190 movies on this list that all have something to do with a librarian or a good library scene. A lot of them happen to be horror films, so I've never seen them and I probably never will, but if you have an appreciation for that genre, I urge you to see as many of these as you can. (laughs) A lot of what we're going to be talking about also uh, has been talked about in a really lovely and almost academic manner. Um, She bridges the gap between kind of just being a movie fan and being an academic, and that is the work of Jennifer Snoke Brown. She runs a website, which I really uh, highly recommend you to check out reallibrarians.com. She started this project as an undergrad for her thesis talking about librarian representation in films. It's a really cool website. She's broken it down by different types of representations and different levels of the representation. I love that there is someone doing this work. (laughs) Am I a little, like, shocked that I couldn't be the first one? It's okay. And I find that interesting. Like, why librarians? Why not clergy? Why not teachers? You know, like, what is it in particular about libraries and librarianship that causes a filmmaker to decide, oh, this this scene needs to take place in a library. We need this character to be a librarian. ALA also made a movie in 2007 called The Hollywood Librarian, a look at librarians through film. And it wasn't as in-depth as the Real Librarians website, but it was still a fun watch. It was mostly about how important libraries are. The movie The Hollywood Librarian talked a lot about the stereotype, um, and that's the negative stereotype, really. It's the old maid, the cat lady, she's stuffy, always a woman, has glasses, her shirt's buttoned all the way up, she's got her hair in a bun, and she's there mostly to just shush the people. I kind of resent that stereotype because I have short hair. The other stuff, well, I am married too, so okay, I'm not an old maid and I have short hair. (laughs) But the other things, yeah. I think that that stereotype is best exemplified by Mary Hatch in It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. That's the alternative timeline with no George Bailey where Clarence 
tells him that, you know, you never met Mary. She's now an old spinster. And he freaks out because he's like, no, not Mary. She was supposed to have children. And now she's a librarian, the opposite of everything that society wants. And I think it's odd that she's actually, she has to wear glasses in the alternate. Without George Bailey, she needed glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so silly. In a movie that I haven't seen, but Nancy, you first brought this up to my attention. In fact, that's why we're doing this episode on uh, library representation in films, is because you asked me if I had ever seen Desk Set from 1957. Catherine Hepburn, whose sister is an actual librarian and was a librarian for 50-plus years. They talked about that in the ALA movie. Um, but Katherine Hepburn plays Bunny Watson from Desk Set. That, and that one, um, the classic movie channel, I think runs it at Christmas time because there is a hilarious scene in it of a Christmas party in this research department, basically. There's a research department with a librarian that heads it up. Um, and... It, so it's Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. He's an efficiency expert, and he's trying to automate the uh, reference department for this publishing company, I believe it is. But anyways, they bring it out at Christmas time because it's fun to see these ladies in their in their wonderful mid-century fashioned, you know, <laughs> drinking, swilling champagne, and <laughs> just having a good time because you know that's pretty much how librarians live. <laughs> Um, and I, I may be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that Watson, as a Bunny's character's name, ends up, I'm pretty sure IBM used that for their Watson computer. Wait, I watched Watson on Jeopardy. Yeah. That was inspired sure by, perhaps, Bunny Watson? I think I heard that anecdote one. Wow, okay, I'm gonna... We should have verified that for the podcast, but now I'm... I, I need to watch Desk Set. Yes, you do. I do. Yes. And everyone else listening should watch Desk Set, too. And, and any other Katherine Hepburn movie you can yeah. get your hands on. Um, also iconically is Marion Peru, Marion the Librarian, from The Music Man. That's kind of the number one most referenced librarian, I would say, when people are like, oh, you're a librarian, too bad your name's not Marion. And that's the absolutely gorgeous Shirley Jones. And I don't know, do we ever actually get to see her doing much of anything? There's a musical number in the movie. Yeah, and it's just like all about how he loves her. And she's like shushing him. Because, you know, basically he's just come to town. He doesn't even know her. A really massively frumpy stereotype is... <laughs> The librarian Alice, and then even the ghost librarian in Ghostbusters from 1984. I find it so funny, and Real Librarians has a really good article breakdown about how, like, not only in living flesh are the librarians stuffy, also in death as a ghost. This librarian is shushing the Ghostbusters when they interact with her. It's really funny but what a great scene and, and of course the the cards from the card catalog go flying and you know that just like hurts my librarian's heart because <laughs> i've dealt with a card catalog and it's just like mm, there's no fixing that you just sweep them up and dump them because 
Yeah. <laughs> There's no fixing that. Horror. That's true librarian <laughs> horror there. Um, a totally iconic to me librarian representation in movies that I absolutely love that definitely works against the stereotype is Evelyn Carnahan, Evie from The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser from 1999. I've been watching a lot of Brendan Fraser movies, um, and The Mummy is, you know, so great. And as a librarian, Evie is a little clumsy, but totally beautiful, up for adventure, holds her own, you know, rides a camel really fast. She's just so great. She's really great. Also, the costuming in that movie is awesome. So I wanted to mention her because she's breaking that stereotype and an important figure in library representation, I feel. She's proud of what she is, and that is a librarian. So probably the most recent representation um, are... Stuart Goodson and Myra and Mr. Han Anderson in the public uh, 2018 movie that was released and I have we talked about this already uh, it was written directed by Emilio Estevez he was researching a different movie and writing and he was using one of the branches at the Los Angeles Public Library I believe um, as a workspace uh, which we're seeing more and more as people need to work remotely um, but and he was just like impressed with the the coming and going of people and how many different stratas of, of society yeah. pass through the doors of public libraries and you know everybody is given the same treatment and and um, services. and services so he was impressed by that and he also witnessed the the people who came and went that were experiencing homelessness and so that's a big part of the storyline in this one. So, one, we've got um, a male main character who is the librarian. Yeah. Um, it's a modern, modern and very realistic uh, representation of the challenges of, of librarianship in, in an urban setting in particular, but we certainly um, see it in rural parts of Vermont yeah. as well. You know, and it just basically points out that it's one of the last places, one of the last places in society where people can go and there is no expectation that you've got to pay to be there everybody gets the same treatment um, it's sort of the last bastion of democracy and I think that might I might just have just pulled that phrase directly from the movie <laughs> that might have been a direct quote and our most favorite guru teaching uh, consulting uh, figure right now um, Ryan Dowd um, served as a consultant for that movie. He does amazing work as a director of one of the largest homeless shelters in the country. He he terms it a homeless shelter um, and just you know how to deal with all of these personalities and, and people in different situations. So um, huge shout out to Ryan Dowd. I've attended several of his trainings. Bless him in his work. <laughs> and then I also wanted to mention prison libraries have been represented in movies and TV. Orange is the New Black, 2013 to 2019 comes to mind, um, and how important library resources are for people who are uh, incarcerated, and also like in the Shawshank Redemption, 1994, you know, like the library plays a big role in that. I, I put down, this is not movies, but in TV, just because there are a couple of really great 
representations that I think I would be remiss in not pointing out. Um, going off of the, like, male representation, Rupert Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series from 1997 to 2003, he does have an element of, like, that stuffiness, but he also is, like, the fountain of knowledge for that show, and, like, to have that, that strong male character is fantastic. He's great. I love that guy. And then the complete opposite of that, <laughs> from Parks and Rec, 2009 to 2015, is Tammy 2. Probably not only, like, a terrible librarian, just a terrible person. Absolutely crazy, but uh, acted so beautifully. And it's kind of the opposite of what we want to see and what we do like seeing when librarians are represented. She's got stuff done. Like... Yeah, but... Uh, but I just remember, like, the, just not the librarians. Yeah, and how the library is the dark side in Pawnee. Like, yes. yeah. So ridiculous. But it's good to see, you know, diverse representation that librarians are not just the stuffy. We're self-aware enough that we see, we see both sides. I'm going to call myself a 90s kid because I'm right at that cusp. But the loud librarian from all that, the sketch comedy show that started in 1994, directed, or, you know, towards kids, the whole joke was that she screamed at everyone to be quiet because it was a library. And so, like, growing up with that, you know, it's like reinforcing that stereotype and also making fun of it. Um, I wanted to mention important scenes from movies and how libraries play an important role to like a lot of mysteries and like a lot of plot development happens in movies in the library. I think of like Matilda from 1996 how like you see kind of the basis of her character being like curious about the world is informed because she spent so much time in the library and is basically raised by books. And then also, like, in It, from 1990 and the 2017 version, they have a lot of plot development happen in the library. A movie from 1995 that also has a cameo of Brendan Fraser uh, is called Now and Then. And the whole basis of that mystery they find in the library stacks, but they're going through, like, the newspaper archive. So it's these little girls, and they have these, like, giant bound... Uh, groupings of the old newspapers and that's how they figure out like the mystery of who this creepy guy in their town was so it's cool to see like you know people may not be doing that as much these days with digitization but it's fun to see that in movies and then also like in the harry potter series the library is really crucial for like hermione figuring yeah. things out how long would harry have survived without hermione in the library yeah, we're down to Baby Boom, which was filmed partly in Vermont, and uh, 1987, Diane Keaton, um, she is a an uh, advertising or marketing director, something like that. She's got this high-powered job in, in New York um, and finds herself the guardian of a small child, and this is not compatible, it does not work for her, so she moves, she buys a you know, her dream house in the country and moves mm -hmm. to Vermont. 
and um, she's bored to death and she starts making applesauce and she gets the idea that maybe she can market her applesauce and she can sell it and then that will like pay, pay for this rundown wreck of a house that she's bought in Vermont that's a kind of a money pit but anyway so she goes to a local library which happened to be filmed at Bennington College and um, you know she just sort of gives her crisp directives of what she's looking for the information that she's looking for and then they cut to the next scene and there she is and she's got all the information that she wanted in this supposedly small town rural library everything that she wanted was right there and this very helpful young woman had procured all this information for her so I mean that's like a super po positive way of, yeah. of um, of portraying librarianship, you know, and doesn't matter if you're in New York City or if you're in a little tiny town in Vermont, you get you get the information that you're looking for one way or another. And then I also wanted to mention there's a scene in Breakfast at Tiffany's from 1961 in the New York Public Library, and part of its like comedic effect is the shushing that goes on. Um, and then there's another uh, Catherine Hepburn movie that I think probably my favorite movie of all time possibly really philadelphia story from 1940 uh, wow. so katherine hepburn's character she's a socialite she's getting ready to be married and through a series of whatever's um there's a journalist and a photographer who've sort of been foisted on her family um to to sort of cover the behind the scenes at this society wedding and so one scene finds Catherine at the her character at the local public library and she's looking at she's reading she's totally enraptured by this copy of this book written by Jimmy Stewart's character who's the journalist for the tabloid and um, it's out of print she can't get it at the bookstore the library has it um, but it's here that she begins to gain respect for him as a writer and as a person separate from his job and uh, so there is a librarian who is a Quaker woman because it's set in a certain region of Pennsylvania and she does shush but I, I just think it's interesting that she had to go to the library to find out about this person that she was interested in. There's also another Brenda Fraser movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's we've already done two. I know I said there was only two but there's three I lied. It's called With Honors from 1994 and this is set in Harvard. They did film in the Widener Library, and Joe Pesci's character uh, experiences homelessness throughout the movie, and he has this beautiful quote that I'm going to read because I love it, and I, I totally agree with it. It's like one of the things that drew me to become a librarian. He says, this library is like a church, isn't it? When you were in church, did you wonder what other people were praying for? Did someone die? Was someone just born? Libraries like that for me. People find their ways to the, to libraries for a variety of reasons. Yeah. That brings us to our Stowe specific, Stowe Free Library specific topic. So the Stowe Free Library is now no, no longer charging fines on late DVDs. That was our final, final fine. Um, was on DVDs, and that's no longer a thing. Yay! Yay. But with that being said, please return your DVDs on Sometimes. time, especially if there's a hold on them, or just let us know where you're at with them. If you need more time, we are always happy to renew. 
over the phone, via email, or if you log in yourself onto your library account, you can do it from home. Don't freak out. The website's going to change, but it's okay. There are people here who, who will help you. If you have any questions, if you go to the website and it looks completely different one day, um, just give us a call and we can help you find whatever it is that you're used to navigating through on the website. Um, hopefully it'll be a little bit simpler and easier to use. That's the goal. It'll, it'll still be the same URL. You'll just go to stowlibrary.org one day and it'll look really different, but that's okay. The Friends of the Stowe Free Library have begun their annual library book sale. It is out on the front porch. It looks a little smaller than it has in the years past, but it seems like many people are happy to come visit. So for plugs this month, I would like to plug a book that I actually listened to, but we have the physical copy, and it is called The Funny Thing About Norman Foreman by Julietta Henderson. This book is perfect for fans of British comedy. It is a little bit sad because it deals with the grieving process. It's written from both a son and a mother's perspective about them trying to basically do what's best for each other, but it's really funny and heartwarming, and um, their whole dream is that they're going to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Comedy Festival which I would love to go to someday. And then an autobiography that uh, I did listen to, but we do have the physical copy, is Just As I Am by Cecily Tyson. Really lovely, and also just a really interesting life. Rest in peace, Cecily. And then for a movie, I'm going to recommend really all of the movies that we've talked about today, but um, recently I did check out Knives Out, from our DVD collection. And it was a really fun Rian Johnson whodunit. Great ensemble cast. Yeah. No librarian, sadly. Okay, so I am plugging two books off of the Green Mountain Book Award nominee list for the upcoming school year. One is um, Furia by Shamile Said Mendez. Shamile is a Argentinian American author. I was unaware of a couple of things about Argentina. First of all, that at one time it was illegal for women to play soccer. Also, um, what a tremendous melting pot Argentina is. Um, this character's got a grandmother who was an immigrant from uh, Russia. She has a, a Lebanese grandfather. Um, she's got some indigenous blood as well as you know, from Spain, like her ancestors came from all over. So that was interesting. Um, and it's just a wonderful young adult story about, you know, focus on your goals, uh, you know, just work tremendously hard, um, you know, and there are people that will help you overcome some of your, some of the adversity. There, there will always be people that will help, you know, if you're, if you're focused and you're willing to work hard. Um, and then the other one that I enjoyed very much uh, was I'll Be the One by Lila Lee. Coincidentally, uh, got her MFA from the Vermont College of Fine Arts that we've been talking about off and on throughout our podcast. So it's um, written by a Korean-American, um, about a Korean-American teenage girl who um, ha is entering a K-pop talent contest. A tele it's televised. 
So it's kind of, I, I knew virtually nothing about K-pop. I was vaguely aware that there was this boy group from Korea that was pretty popular, but I guess I'm like, you know, like missing out on something that a large portion of the globe's population is fascinated by. That was interesting. Um, also just the fact that this girl has got a, such a positive outlook, um, even though people kept telling her that you know, the way she looked was not, she was not going to get far because of how she looked. And she was just like, no, this is just how I look. It doesn't mean I'm not talented. It doesn't mean I'm not going to work hard. So that's, that's fun. I, I really enjoyed that one very much. Again, work hard. There are people who will help you get along in life. Please uh, check out the Facebook page for the Stowe Free Library. That's facebook.com slash Stowe Library. And also for the youth services, Facebook.com slash Stowe Free Library Youth is the URL. You can always find past episodes of 027 in the 802 at anchor.fm slash tech services. You can also subscribe to the podcast on almost any platform that you use to access podcasts. Our literary quote of the episode, um, as long as we're talking about librarian roles... Um, the librarian isn't a clerk who happens to work in a library. A librarian is a data hound, a guide, a Sherpa, and a teacher. The librarian is the interface between reams of data and the untrained but motivated user. And that is by Seth Godin. Thanks for listening to our episode on librarianship in the talkies. I hope that you go out and watch some good movies and check out reallibrarians.com. Um, it's a really great website for all things representation, libraries, academic meets fandom. We'll see you down the road.